We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have, yep, fans voicemails. The callers called in with the questions, and looks like we're going to have all the answers on episode 155 of the Pride Podcast. Welcome back to episode 155 of the Pride Podcast. Today's episode will be sponsored by Pepsi, Bet Online, and Indeed. I'm your host, Malcolm, and on today's episode, we have voicemails. This is actually kind of strange because I am actually solo. Yep, it's just me here. There's no Pierre, there's no Tyler. <laughs> this is this is this is some weird stuff right now. But um we're gonna just kick it off to the voicemails. You know, you guys called with the questions and I'm gonna see if I can get the answers for you guys. So let's just jump up to the first voicemail. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Cause some came in the mail today. Okay. These nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <he>. Got it. <laughs> Uh, voicemail. Yo, what's up, Malcolm, Tyler, Pierre? Um, you know, I just want to start off by saying I appreciate, you know, the podcast. They're amazing, you know. I love Malcolm's energy. I love Pierre's, like, critical thinking. And I love Tyler for what Tyler just does, you know. Um, but I just want to ask, besides the enemy, and follow who which other coaching candidates do you think we could hire that's all i gotta ask peace all right well you pretty much just named the top two candidates that everybody pretty much want and robert salah and eric bellamini but if i had to give a name right now and a guy who actually grown on to me and if you listen to the pod, you probably know him as fucking Bevel. It's actually Daryl Bevel. The Daryl Bevel has actually grown on to me. And he's actually my, right now, Daryl Bevel is my leading candidate for that head coaching job. And the reason why I say this, I know people are like, why? But why? I mean, Daryl Bevel's been awful. Let's, hear me out here. Okay, first of all, Daryl Bevel has the control. He has the control of the locker room right now that the players are responding. And that's something that I wanted to see. And the way the offense is moving and the way, like, I guess the way he wants the offense to run is kind of the way I want the offense to run. I mean, he's just airing it out. The guys look like they're having fun. Now, my main thing is, and I don't know, I can't say this is going to happen, but what happened if we do have a Patricia effect 2.0? We say we hire another guy, we hire Salah. 
um, and I guess the locker room doesn't respond to him the same way they're responding to Bevel. And I know, you know, Robert Salah has, you know, great history with the players in the locker room, but I just don't want to take any chances right now. Um, right now, everything looks like it's working. So right now, you know, I, I again, I haven't digged too deep into Robert Salah and, and, and the other coordinators. I know there's another coordinator in, um, coordinator for the Panthers right now, the offense coordinator for the Panthers. I, I haven't looked too much into them. But right now, my leading candidate is Daryl fucking Bevel. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Daryl Bevel is my leading candidate right now. Um, let's just jump into the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Rob. I'm a 53-year-old Lifetime Lions fan. Um, never seen uh, any success, really. It's been a really uh, gut-wrenching life following this team. Continue to go down that roller coaster. But, hey, just wanted to... Uh, circle back listen to some of your comments on the pod on the podcast um, wanted to just give you my perspective um, you guys I mean we know Matthew Stafford is probably going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks in line history probably the best statistically for sure um, but you guys are saying hey it's not his fault it was our it was our problem for not um, supporting him getting him through that you know I agree to some respect but on the other hand um, look at him, look at his personality. What does the quarterback do? He's the leader of the team. What has Matthew done? Have we ever seen him be outspoken, uh, really elevating the, the, his teammates? You know, I've seen a couple times where he's worked out with a select few, but does he really push those guys to uh, push it to the next level? We're talking professional athletes. They are, um, you know, there's, there's a fine line between those that are good and those that are outstanding. And it takes a push and it takes leadership. I don't see that with him. I see him as being one of those guys that kind of, uh, you know, those are, those are people that um, make things happen and, and those are, there are people that things happen to them. I think he just kind of is floating around. I don't think he's been the one that's been a driver to make things happen for this team. So I think that, uh, he is probably, I, I put him in the category like a Jeff George, phenomenal talent, one of the best throwers in the game ever. Also look at uh, Jay Cutler. Um, but really, did they ever win? Did they ever impact their team? I just see Matthew as that. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, really thankful for all he's done, all he's done for the community. For He's represented this team really well. But from a bottom line, wins and losses, uh, he has not really impacted this team. So I think... We need to reload. We need to uh, blow it up. We need to get as much as we can for him. I want him to have huge stats the next four games. I'm calling here before the Packers game, and I want to see uh, I want to see them get as much as they can for this team. Um, the other thing is, you know, this team I think is uh, is set way back because of the Ford ownership. Look at the successful team. Detroit is not a destination. People don't come to Detroit. We don't have a reputation other than hey, we're you know, maybe maybe we, we don't hold people accountable. It's a nice, comfortable way for them to, uh, you know, make for, for them to make a living. We overpay to bring guys in. Um, you know, look at what Bill Davidson did for the Pistons. He created a culture there by treating his teams uh, super, super well. He did round ball one. Uh, he people wanted to come and play with. Oh, I guess the call ended. I'm going to say this. You know, everybody had their different perspectives about Stafford as far as leadership. And I, I, I get what you're saying. I know a lot of people, are they, because they don't see it, and he's not out there pumping the crowd up like, like Drew Brees and pumping up the team, you know, pregame and, and stuff like that. I think everybody had different personalities, and, and it, it does show. Like, um, Russell Wilson is a guy who's not really vocal like that, too, and shown that he has success, you know. As far as I know, they say that he's pretty big in the locker room as far as ownership and being a leader that way and then we also seen certain moments where in the sidelines you know he's you know working with the teammates and working and talking to the guys and you know let him, trying to rally them up and try to pump them up so i mean there's different sides of stafford and i get it he hasn't won here i mean man i mean i know you, you said that you're you're 50 i'm pretty sure you've seen some pretty bad line football man and this has been bad for a while and the product they put on the field and as far as supporting casts I don't think it's been championship caliber. You know, damn near, I don't think it's been even playoff caliber. Um, Stafford in 2016 had to put the whole team on his back just to get them to the to, to the playoffs. I mean, they're running with damn near Zach Zenner as their leading back. I think their leading rusher that year had like a, like 300 yards. So it, it's more to it than just Stafford. And 
I guess the success is pretty much everything around them. I mean, if you want to debate and say that, you know, Stafford had a top defense in 2014, you could say it because that's, that's the only year he had a top defense. But he never had a running game, never had anything else. And it's, it's, for some reason, it feels like every single coordinator he had has been not good. And you can kind of tell from that trend because they're not coordinators anymore. So it kind of, it kind of, it could be a mixture of everything. So I, I get what you're saying about Stafford, but if they blow it up, I'm going to be sad because Stafford is my favorite player. Um, I'm going to just say that. Hopefully, I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but we'll see, man. I know Stafford holds a pretty hefty cap right now if they cut him this year. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how, how the new regime take, you know, goes forward with it and how they see it. Right now, Stafford is hurt. I hope he doesn't go out like this. So we'll see, man. We'll just see. Let's jump on to the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Hey, guys. Jeff here. Uh, I'm going to have to make two voicemails this week because I got a lot I want to say. Um, first one about the game itself. Um, I really I really hate being the fan, the type of fan that complains, oh, the ref's this, the ref that, um, this, that, and the other. Uh, and I feel like Detroit fans as, as a whole, uh, a lot of us are really guilty of doing that. But, I mean, it seems like, I mentioned this on several of Pierre's posts during the game, is that it seems like every single time we play the Packers, there's something about the refs. I mean, we all know the Monday night game last year. We all know the face mask Hail Mary game several years ago. And, I mean, the Packers had more penalties this game. Yeah, I think they had, like, maybe four times the amount of penalties we did. But, I mean, it was the types of penalties. that It was, it was the timing of the penalties, this, that, and the other. That's just, you know, we're talking about that defensive holding that uh, that got called in the third quarter doesn't extend the Packers' drive to go help them go up 21-14. We're talking a whole different ball game. I mean, and meanwhile, we still haven't seen any type of footage of that defensive holding on, I think it was Amani O'Royer. Um, you know, it's just, it's a real shame that we lost that game, but uh, shout-out to, to the boys for keeping that game close. I really thought this game was going to be like a, a – I thought this game was going to be like 40-10, to 10, something crazy like that, but they uh, – Really good game planning, which is going to go into my uh, my next voicemail. So stay tuned. <laughs> so I guess he had a part two. So let's just jump in right into that part two of his voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Yeah, and just again with the number or with the, or the second uh, voicemail here. Uh, so this is more on the Lions' future here. Another solid offense from 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 Bevel, and you know I think he's putting. I think he's putting together. He keeps playing like this. Keeps the guys playing like this. He could be the head coach of the future if he keeps playing like this. They get. Um, my big thought here is that we might not actually need a full-blown re- uh, rebuild. I know younger people forget what it's like to not have a quarterback, but from you know, let me lay out some names for you. From 2000 to 2008, our starting quarterbacks, Charlie Batch, Tony Case, Ty Detmer, Mike McMahon, Joey Harrington, Jeff Garcia, John Kitna, Dan Orlovsky, Dante Culpepper. Um, the thing is, right now, we still have the key, the key pieces on offense to succeed. If they're retained, we still have Stafford, Galladay, and Marvin Jones. And then all under contract, we have Swiss, Decker, Ragnow, Hawkinson, uh, Jonah Jackson. Jamal Agner could be a really dangerous we- uh, weapon. I think Matt Nelson's actually playing really good, minus the sack he gave up in that crucial uh, hold at the end there. I think he's been playing really good. He might be the right tackle of the future if he can keep developing that on that position. Um, but we all know the defense is trash. But I think if we can keep the offense intact, and draft a QB this year that can learn under Stafford, learn the offense for a year, maybe two. Um, you know, the offense can keep us in games for multiple years while we fix this defense, which is going to take probably a year or two to fix anyway. So, and we could possibly remain somewhat competitive in the division and just in the NFL in general if we get an offense that can put up 40 a game. So, you know, the future, I don't think the future is as bleak as we think it is. I mean, obviously the defense has to get completely rebuilt. And the offense is, you know, like I said, you know, draft a QB this year that can learn and keep those other pieces. Um, you know, we might be looking at a really solid team here in the next, in the, the next, you know, three, four years. So, you know, we'll see. You know what, Jeff? I agree with you. I agree with you, Jeff. And I know Pierre and Tyler's not here to pretty much say, no, we want to rebuild. They're not here to say that. So right now, I agree with you. I know Pierre and Tyler, they want to rebuild. They, they want to see how it goes. They want to try to, you know, start from scratch. And I've been through scratch and scratch sucks. <laughs> so, I mean, at, the way I'm looking at it right now, we have a foundation and our foundation is our offense. 
We have offensive line that is solid, and I believe we just need to, you know, we have a tight end, we have a running back, and then we have we have a quarterback on the contract. We, we do still have Matthew Stafford on the contract, so all depending on what the re- new regime wants to do, they still have a quarterback. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I don't mind getting a quarterback this draft and then having him work on the Stafford, but the thing is I don't want to reach for a quarterback, meaning, like, if we, we get to a point that Zach Wilson or Trey Lance are gone because I already know we don't have a chance at Trevor Lawrence. That's not happening. Justin Fields, it's not happening. We don't have a chance of those two. So your only two realistic options is Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Now, if Detroit's in a position where they're not there, then I'll go defense. You know, uh, you know, I'll drive the best defensive player on the board. That, that'll be me. But if Zach Wilson's there or Trey Lance is there, I feel like the, the Detroit Lions organization, they have to love this guy. I don't think they just pick Zach Wilson because he's Zach Wilson or draft Trey Lance because he's Trey Lance and he's the next quarterback available. Like these guys, they have to love whoever they draft as far as as far as quarterback, because this quarterback that they draft, if they draft a quarterback in the first round, this is their guy. You know, this is it. You know, he's going to he's going to have the keys for a while. So you have to love this guy. So with that being said, I'm down with it as long as they love the guy who's there. This defense is a mess. We know this defense is a mess, and it needs a lot of rebuilding. And the thing is, y'all boy Bobby, Bobby Quinn (laughs) and Patricia kind of set us up for a failure because some of these contracts we can't get out of. Trey Trey Flowers, we can't get out of Trey Flowers' contract. Jamie Collins, can't get out of Jamie Collins' contract. So those two guys are just stuck. Um, Maybe we can move on from a few guys. I know Justin Coleman is available to kind of move him, and I'll probably free up a good probably like anywhere between six and nine million so there, there's some pieces that we can cut and free up some money like maybe nick williams danny shelton you can move on from these you can move on from these, these guys and not you know hurt yourself cap wise but we need to bring some guys in and unless they hit in the draft i think they'll i think they'll be fine and be able to be competitive if they kind of cut you know the danny shelton's the, the the nick williams maybe whoever's available in free agency i haven't looked at the free agency market yet whoever's the top defensive tackle you need to get that guy i don't care who it is i don't care <laughs> whoever's the top defensive tackle in this free agency class you, you, detroit needs to sign them because we need some type of interior pressure so we get one guy from the interior line in the free agency and we draft a guy like a like a parsons i think this defense could be competitive from the front seven wise just with just just with two guys right there now you're looking in our secondary our secondary is already set i mean we drafted jeff Okuda, third overall pick we drafted jeff Okuda. i know i've been hard on him but realistically i'm actually expecting this guy to take a step because if he doesn't take a step and if he fails we pretty much fail so i damn sure don't want that to happen so I'm expecting him to take a step up. Him, Amanya Warrior, who I think is a phenomenal cornerback, and I think if he's in the, the role that he should be in, as a, as a cornerback two role, I can see him as a high-end cornerback two. So I think our cornerbacks are set. I mean, you're looking at, you, you got your, your, your left corner, you got your right corner, you're set. You know, as far as your safeties, you know, Tracy Walker is still there, and we got to see what we're going to do with the other safety because we don't know what we're going to do with the other safety. Will Harris has it panned out. He's been bad, and I think everybody else is on a one-year deal. Curse, Deron Harmon, also on a one-year deal. So those guys, are they're going to be gone. So we just got to find a way to fill that hole. Even with the average piece, not too expensive, I think they'll be all right. This is everything with the front seven just is so... <laughs> This has got to go. Everything with the front seven, does you got to blow that. That's something that you got to blow up. You need to throw a grenade. You need to throw remote mines. You need to throw um, the <laughs> atomic bomb. Everything. You need any kind of bomb you can throw at it, you need to throw it at that front seven. Cause that thing needs to get blown, blown up. That thing needs to go away. Um, because those guys have just been, it, it's just been bad. It's been awful. Like, this is, I, I, don't, I don't remember, I don't remember seeing a worse front, front seven from Detroit. It's just been bad. Oh, oh my lord. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is crucial. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there is no long-term contracts. 
And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to the natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they join another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether you're in your basement, watching the Detroit Lions in your Lions man cave, or if you're deciding to crash your neighbor's house who's an arch rival of your favorite team. Why are you here, big dog? We don't even like the same team. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through the day through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who plays the game, it's made for who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Um, let's go into the next voice uh, voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, so, obviously, you know, the result of the game, I'm going to try and focus on some things I like instead of all negative. With that game, even the way the defense is set up, and um, you guys probably already talked about it, and we all know the personnel, how it is, they actually... To be honest, like in the first half that they held Green Bay to 14 points was was pretty impressive, and also that they only held them to 31 points in total is pretty good. Uh, I think there's need to be a lot of readjustment on who needs to be playing and who doesn't. But, but anyway, beyond that. Those uh, defense never gave up. I mean, yeah, we were getting beat, but those guys were playing. Those guys were playing tough against uh, Green Bay. And then uh, it's more and more obvious in two days in a row, or I'm sorry, two games in a row, that Patricia was holding back the offense. Uh there was a lot of miscues and a lot of big drop passes, but the I like what the offense was doing. The play calling was great, or I, I love the play calling. And honestly, I hate saying this, Patricia may still have had a job if he just let Bevel run the offense the entire time and focus on the defense. But I digress. Um, this, it's a bad loss. I'm not sure where it's going to put us with everything. But the energy with the team, it's a difference. Two, two games, two weeks in a row, this team has energy. They were down. But, I mean, you can obviously tell they were not out. Uh, and one more thing I just want to say. Whoever has anything negative to say about Stafford, if he's a bust, a bump, or whatever, can go suck an egg. That, and that guy is the toughest quarterback I've ever seen. That hit he took, that honestly took him out the rest of the game, which... Wow, I guess he got cut off. But, you know, I get what you're trying to say. Stafford is as tough as nails. So I, I agree with you, man. And let me talk about this game because I wasn't in the last episode of the podcast. So I didn't get to talk too much about the game from, you know, this past Sunday. And I agree with you, man. Even though 
on you know our personnel the the the, the players we have on defense as far as talent wise they're not the most talented bunch in the group you know they're they're not they they are slow and, and thank god i didn't make the last podcast because the amount of them talking about tavai would have gave me a headache because you, anybody that knows me knows i hate talking about jelani tavai because every time i bring up anytime the name jelani tavai comes up i think about us drafting him in the second round then I think about all the players we could have think about dk metcalf i think about aj brown and all these other guys that we could have had but they just went and said fucking jelani tavai from hawaii so because that happened i'm glad i wasn't the last episode i'm glad i wasn't on the last episode but <laughs> he's been bad the he, he's been bad and even though he's been bad and i guess the rest of the linebacking the front seven itself has been atrocious and the, the the secondary you know we had to play you know adams and that's that's never good they held their own i mean these guys they were fighting i mean they held green bay to 14 points in the first half like like you said i mean shit nobody seen that coming i mean i thought everybody thought it was gonna be a massacre right? everybody thought we had no chance but the defense actually made some stops a couple there was a few there was that one play when when we came back after half with the money royal holding that people are talking about with the refs i'm not going to get too much in, in the refs case and say that we lost because the refs i mean shit <laughs> there was some awful calls i mean but at the end of the day man it just is what it is man at the end of the day i look at it like you know the better team won you know, Dream Bay Packers right now are the better team. Now, as far as Bevel getting these guys prepared and having a great game plan and getting these guys ready to compete, that's what they did. They went out and they competed. And, you know, they played to the last whistle. Even when Stafford went out, Stafford went out and fucking <laughs> Chase fucking Daniels came in there. <laughs> Yo, when, when Chase Daniels got in the game. <laughs> When Chase Daniels got in the game, yo, I covered my eyes. I was like, I can't see this shit. I said, I, I, this, this can't be life right now. This, this can't be it. Like, like, why is this happening to me? Chase Daniels in the goddamn game. So Chase Daniels in the game, I'm covering my eyes is closed. And then all I'm hearing is, oh, completion. I'm, I'm looking up. I open my eyes. I'm like, oh, shit, he completed a pass. So even when Chase Daniels got in the game, they were still competitive. And they, they held their own. So, yeah, man, I wasn't disappointed one bit from this game. It didn't, I know a lot of people say this game sucks. It does suck because yeah they lost and you know it puts us further back as far as what we wanted to do and try and but I mean at the end of the day they went out they competed they played hard and they gave Green Bay everything they had and Green Bay looked like I think Green Bay had a game plan of not giving Stafford the ball they played in that second half they played the clock they played the the, the clock game they played Madden pressing L one to two clock. That's what they did right now. They they were chewing clock in the second half. They didn't want Stafford to get the ball. So isn't that like that? That's crazy how the Green Bay Packers felt like they were afraid of a shootout and they wanted to keep Stafford off the field as much as possible and control the clock. Like that was our game plan. <laughs> that, that was that was supposed to be our game plan coming into this game. The Green Bay Packers use that on us because they know that our offense is hot. They know we're making plays down the field. They know we could score any minute. You know, all it takes is one big play. Hell, that Marvin Jones play where he caught he caught the ball, but they called it back. But I'm just saying, like something like that, like a 40 yard bomb, could happen at any time. And just going into that play, that that play that play actually did get me mad because that was a hundred percent a catch. I don't know. I, I get that they're like, oh, we couldn't. I mean, I, no, I, I take that back. I don't get it. But they ruled it incomplete, so they gotta be a hundred percent sure that he caught the ball. And in every every view, he caught the ball. You, you saw his feet. You saw his hands. He, he had control. He caught the ball. Like this play was so bad that ESPN, ESPN, they had it on their top ten place. I think it was like number nine. How the hell are you gonna put an incomplete pass? <laughs> How you gonna put an incomplete pass on number nine? ESPN didn't even know that it was a catch. Everybody knows that was a catch. The damn announcers even said that was a catch. That referee, the, the I forgot his goddamn name, but even he said it was a goddamn catch. This is this is stuff that just always happens in Detroit when they play Green Bay. You know, when it's always that one that one call that he's like, what the hell? And, and yeah, it happened again. It happened again, and yeah, that, that play could have did a lot because that was a drive that Africa hurt. Um, we would have had, you know, we could have gave Green Bay the ball with more time on the clock and possibly got a stop. Who knows? Let me just jump on to the next voicemail. Um, voicemail. It's pretty clear. I mean, it's been clear for a long time, but it's pretty clear the NFL rigs their games for the popular teams. If they, 
were the, if, if the outcome were different, if, if the roles were switched and the Packers were in the Lions situation, both those calls would have been overturned. Actually, they wouldn't have even been overturned because they probably would have been called correctly the first time. Marvin Jones clearly caught that ball. Um, if he catches it and they rule it a catch, Stafford doesn't get hurt. The onside kick, I can see a little confusion on that, but at that point in the game, you can't not call it a recovery. You have you have to call that a recovery and then look at it. I mean, that's just it's so clear it's rigged. It's so clear. I'm, it's year after year. I'm so sick of this league and their bullshit. I just I just don't get how they get away with this shit year after year. Um, Lions are competitive again, though. It's fun to watch. Bevels made the team fun to watch again. Made them competitive. I'm just I'm just upset right now. I just think that's ridiculous. The outcome. The Lions. Yeah, man. I just talked about that catch. And yeah, these refs, they're on some other shit right now, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what what they have against us. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm not going to jump into conclusions and do do a whole um conspiracy theorist on, you know, the refs and, and how maybe betting and I'm not going to do all that right now. I I don't know why calls and plays don't go our way when we play against Green Bay. I, I don't know. It sucks. But it was a tough fought game and Again, I'm just gonna say this again. I, I just love the way the team responded. I mean that that's that's what that that's that's what I'm that's all I'm about right now is them responding, they're fighting all four quarters. And you know, I, I looked at this game, my my head was held high, man. I I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel bad about this game at all. This is what it is, man. Jump into the next call, voicemail. Hey guys, so is it just me or do these games feel different? Like I was like, I was into this game on Sunday, like. I listen. I don't think they have a shot at the playoffs, but just beating the Packers would have been really nice. But do you sense like a difference in this team, like, or is it just me? Like, I actually like I'm excited about this team going forwards, and like everyone says, it's going to be a long rebuild. But I'm actually like excited. Like, I feel like there could be something different with this rebuild. Like, I feel like you know, like I, I don't know. I just feel like there just could be something different. And um, this week, uh, it's going to be hard to get rid of Stafford now. He's a dog, man. He just, he, he's a dog. And I was like so in on Zach Wilson. I was so in on him. And now I'm seeing he might stay at BYU another year. And I'm just like, God, I just want Stafford, man. I, I, we, I just want to, I didn't want to win a playoff game for him. That would, that'd be amazing. But yeah, so it just feels different, man. You, you and me both, man. You and me both. I mean, I want nothing more. And Stafford to stay in Detroit and win a playoff game. Hell, win the goddamn division. That dude deserves it. I mean, he's seen it all. You know, he's been on teams where it just been him. He's been on teams where we're also just been him. <laughs> and he, and it, it's some play, you know sometimes he has some supporting cast. You know, has a hell of a wide receiving core. But it's just Stafford. I hope Stafford. You know, stays one more year. This is the one last ride type situation. And try to get us to you know try to get us to the playoffs and and, and close out to win a game, you know. Stafford wins a playoff game. If he wants to leave at that point, he deserves it. He can go on and do what the hell he wants to do. But I think like I'll feel much better if he at least got the the, the city of Detroit a playoff win. And I think he could definitely do it if they just it would, with the right coaching staff. Because I think I don't think we ever had the right coaching staff ever. Like coordinators, like when have you ever had like a really good 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 coordinator? Or a really good coach, you know. It's just been hasn't been good, you know. So yeah, we'll we'll see how they handle that, man. Um, as far as a rebuild, if you if you're talking about you want to see how they do a rebuild, I mean, shit, I don't know what to tell you because a rebuild is not always pretty at first. <laughs> you know, you might, you're gonna go through some growing pains watching the team go. You know, try to try to rebuild. You know, I don't know exactly how they're gonna go about it. I don't know if they're gonna try trading pieces away and then have us be completely booty for a whole year, or they're gonna try to compete. They're gonna trade away pieces away and then still try to compete. I don't know exactly how they're gonna do it, but yeah, rebuilds are not fun, man. You know, I watched the whole year two thousand to two thousand and nine was a rebuild. It's just, you know what happened there. It's been bad. Went through almost sixteen season. <laughs> it was not has been not hasn't been good. Let's jump into the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. What's up, guys? Long time listener, man. Yeah, I just wanted. All right. Um. Yeah. Long time listener. Hey. Thanks for calling in. I You know. That's what's up. You know. <laughs> jump into the next voicemail. Uh. Voicemail. What's going on, fellas? So um, we just want to call. I had a couple questions. 
And then, you know, I kind of wanted to vent. So, uh, yesterday was a good, you know, it was a good game by the Lions, even though they lost. I mean, we knew they was going to lose, but it was a good game. Um, I honestly feel like Kenny Galladay not going to play the rest of this season. I mean, I just feel like, why should you? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to the playoffs. So, I feel like, if anything, you know, you should just you know, get your body together. Get ready for the offseason. Hopefully get paid by us or, you know, have the situation may go. Honestly, I hope we pay him. Um, the whole line, they're playing pretty solid. Um, Swift was, a, you know, Swift was, it was good having Swift back today, me yesterday. You know, Swift did his thing. But, I mean, overall, like I said, football is running in the trenches. So, you know, they, they played a, they played a, you know, a pretty decent game. You know, hats off the bevel, we've been doing this thing, you know what I'm saying? But, like I said, I just feel like our defense is our crib tonight. Like our pass rushes. And then, like I said, Trey Flowers out right now, so, you know, He'd be a, you know, big building block if he was there because Romeo Corbin, you know, coming into his own this season. So and then I like the, the D tackle we got from Utah State, John Tennessee. Like, he's solid. You know what I'm saying? I like him. But um, overall, I feel like it was a good game. You know what I'm saying? But um, moving forward, um, I don't know everybody that's going to be, you know, free agent for 2021 at the end of the season. But um, I heard something about the Cowboys possibly – uh, cutting Jalen Smith, the linebacker. Um, I was trying to get you guys' opinion. If I was the Lions, would you go after him? Or would you just, you know, try to be through the draft and get a linebacker? But it's a couple pretty good names out like. I like Allen Robinson from the Bears. I doubt if we sign him, though, yeah. If they don't sign Gallagher, they're most definitely not going to sign him or whatever. But I just feel like our defense is our kryptonite. Like, our offense is solid. I just feel like any given day, our offense is score with the best of them. But I just feel like until we fix, you know, the problems up front on defense, the front seven, I mean, the, the Lions really, really never going to, you know, grasp to be anything better than what they need to be because of the defense. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I know it's still too early to talk about the draft, but I just feel like we for sure got a top ten pick. So I just want to call it to you guys' perspective, see what you thought about free agency. You know, and possibly, you know, moving towards the draft with y'all get pass versus D tackle linebacker, but one loser draw, you know, go lines. All right, fellas. Another question. I don't know if y'all, you know, let people on the podcast, but I love to be on the podcast, so you know. Y'all let me know how I have to go about that if y'all, you know, willing and letting people or let me be on the show. But thanks again, fellas. Peace. All right. Um, there's that. So, um, as far as the the off season and, and, and players who they should target in the free agency, right now is extremely difficult to even go that route because for one, I don't know who our head coach is going to be. Um, so it all depends on the new GM, the new head coach, the scheme they're going to run, and all that stuff to determine yeah if they should go out, um, after Smith, you know, because Smith might not fit their he might not fit their their, their scheme. So it, it all depends on who, they, who um it all depends. You know, he he's a good player. You know, I I think I believe he just scored. I believe he scored a touchdown this week from picking up a fumble and take take it back. He's a good player. You know, I, I don't I don't have no problem with them joining the Lions, but it all depends about the scheme. So I can't really can't really talk about any names as far as free agency. That's why I haven't I haven't even tackled and, and looked up you know the free agency list and see who's you know potentially could be out there because I don't even know who our head coach is going to be. To be honest with you, as far as the draft. It all depends on where they pick at, man, and who's available. I mean, if there's a guy who's like, if there's a Zach Wilson available when they're up there, or Trey Lance, if they love that, if they love that quarterback, man, I don't think they should pass him. You know, if you feel like a quarterback is special, and I said this earlier, if you feel like a quarterback is special, can't pass the guy. Gotta pick him up. So that might be their pick. But it, depending on where they're at, the quarterbacks are gone. Yeah, maybe you could go defense and go out there on um, that linebacker. Parsons. So we'll see how they go, man. Later on, as we get closer to the offseason, we have a more idea exactly um, where they're going to be at in the draft and maybe who their head coach is going to be and maybe what scheme they may run. We'll have a better idea exactly who they're picking up. And um, to the last question you had, as far as fans actually joining the podcast, the closest thing we ever had as far as fans joining the podcast is when we had our game show, Lions Feud. Um, if we do another thing like that, I will let definitely give you the invite to hop on. It's a fun time. I mean, and listeners, I mean, if you haven't listened to our game show that we had, it was hella fun. Definitely go back. I don't remember off the top of my head what episodes they are, but the Lions Feud episodes. 
Uh, we had listeners from Twitter. We had Team Twitter go against Team IG. And we asked a whole bunch of this Lions question. This is hilarious. It's funny. We had some big names on there. Um, some big YouTubers. Um, I know you guys know Dosa Dion. He actually participated on one of the episodes. Um, whole bunch of guys. A whole bunch of guys. We had um, uh, from the, the Lions uh, Prawl. Uh, podcast um jim he, he's been on here lines on a prowl uh prowl 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 one of those um he was on the show it's just it was just a great time so if you're interested in ever joining the game show well next time we do one definitely let you know but yeah let's jump into the very next voicemail uh voicemail I mean, I thought we'll have some type of a chance and some type of a pass rush if um Everson Griffin was gonna play, but when he when I got the news that he was out and he was on the COVID list, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> where is the pass rush gonna come from? They're like, what are we gonna do? I mean, now we're now we're relying on Romeo Cora, and I knew they were gonna double team his ass. <laughs> so if they have no real threat on the other side, they're just gonna double team him. And besides that, nobody could beat nobody can seriously beat one on one. On the pass rush, and the thing is, um, they did have a few pressures. You know, Deshaun Hand had a few pressures. Um, I'm not sure how exactly how many um, how many he had, but he had a few pressures. I mean, they 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 did a good job pressuring him and caused um, Rogers to do a lot of checkdowns. So even without those guys, I think they did a oh the defense did the best they could. That's all I can say. <laughs> the defense did the best that they could. But yeah, yo, definitely next time. If you ever in town next time, you know, hit me up. Yeah, give me a few. Yeah, gotta give me a few day notes. You can't just hit me up the day like it was an off game today. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, let me know, and I'll, I'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely slide to the dolphin game, man. Probably get, grab a beer or something, you know. Um, but yeah, let's jump into the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. I'm calling back again. I called back a few days ago, actually, after uh, the game or yesterday after the game. Um, but I'm seeing a lot on social media today and I don't know if I'm one of the few that think this but I don't think this team is as far away from being a competitive good football team as people think you know I keep hearing it'll take three to four years to be competitive again it's going to be a complete rebuild this team is showing major life under Bevel and it's been two games but they have and I think, you know, you obviously have to bring in some talent on the defensive side. But you have Trey Flowers. You have Okuda, who had a rough year, but he's a rookie. Oriye's looking pretty good. You, you get, you know, Jamie Collins has looked okay at linebacker. But you bring in uh, a good pass rusher, a good linebacker who's actually athletic, and then maybe another safety. And I think the defense is average. 
right then and there. It's average. And then if you get a few of those young guys to step up, they can possibly even be good. Along with, if the offense can keep playing this way, you keep Stafford, Hawkinson, you keep Galladay, you got Swift, the offensive line's pretty darn good. I just I just don't see this team taking four years to be good again, three years to be good again. I think I think next year they're going to be competitive. I don't know if they're going to do anything next year, but I could see two years from now the team actually fighting for a division even. Um, call me delusional, call me an idiot, but that, that's just what I think. You're an idiot. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Yo, I'm just playing. You know, I'm definitely, ag- I definitely agree with you, man. Um, I know a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people want to rebuild. And um, if if they go Bevel, I think if Bevel stays as the head coach, or so say if Bevel wins, you know, he, he he's to say Bevel is the head coach for next year of the Detroit Lions. I don't believe Bevel is going to do a complete re- rebuild. I think Bevel's gonna look at the guys he has, and he's gonna know our, he, he know he's been here all year long. He knows our weakness. He knows where we can strive at. So if Bevel's a head coach, I think 100% Bevel's not gonna rebuild. He's gonna retool. And when I say retool, is he is pretty much axe out that whole front seven or whoever we can from that front seven, and try to get some playmakers in there. And yeah, I do think we are a couple playmakers away in the front seven from being competitive. So I agree with you. Yeah, we do need one safety, but if you throw an average guy back there, average safety, and you fit our front four our front seven i think we could be very competitive if the offense the way it is now that's the thing though that's the thing that scares me because if you bring in a new head coach game planning is different bevel's game planning might be completely different from robert salah's game planning robert salah might want a slower pace uh run the ball game plan you know i don't know exactly where robert salah's head is right now as far as game planning but we saw that with patricia and that's why the offense is completely different from bevel's offense than it does with patricia when patricia was here because bevel when he's coming to the game plan he's saying yo we're gonna we're gonna play fast as hell. We're gonna play high tempo. We're gonna we're gonna air it out. We're gonna we're gonna throw bombs. We're gonna take our shots. We're gonna we're gonna be creative. We're gonna take some trick plays. We're gonna do whatever we need to do. But we're gonna move the ball and we're gonna try to do it at a fast pace. Patricia, he Patricia, like you see you see some times when Stafford is draining the clock all the way down to you know he doesn't come at the huddle until the clock is already at eleven seconds. You know they're definitely playing a slower paced game when. Trisha was a head coach, and that's all going to game planning. Now, we already know what this offense is going to look like with Bevel. Do you want to switch that? You know, if we bring in a new guy, we bring in a new head coach, is he going to give Daryl Bevel the power to run his offense? No matter what the game plan is that week, he's going to let Daryl Bevel run the offense the way he runs or run the offense that week, every single week. Is the new head coach going to do that? I don't know. That's why, <laughs> and this is exactly why Daryl Bevel is my leading candidate right now, because right now, from what I see from Bevel, I know what he wants to do. I know what Daryl Bevel wants to do. The players know what Daryl Bevel wants to do. The players are responding to Daryl Bevel. I mean, that's that's all you need in the locker room. You need the, the players to respond to you. And if the offense is moving, and hell, he even has an impact on the defense is moving. Now I don't know who's gonna be the new D. I don't know who's gonna be the new DC. I don't know if Corey Unlin's gonna stay here. I don't know. Maybe Corey Unlin has his own way of defense and wants to bring his guys in. You know, I have no idea. So as far as that, I mean, I just, I, I just don't know. Right now, I, I'm gonna say it again. Daryl Bevel is my leading candidate right now until I dive into these other guys. I could, I, I haven't dived to any of these guys yet. I haven't really dived into any of the candidates. Robert Salah. The only reason why I know Robert Salah is because I know he's from here and I've been hearing his name a lot. And the guy from Kansas City, Eric. I mean, I'm not big on him. I mean, he has Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what? How will he play without Patrick Mahomes? You know, he has a super fast offense. Why he doesn't have the super fast offense? You know, there's a lot to go into it. So I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. So yeah, let's just jump into the very next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. What's up, guys? Just wanted to give my thoughts on the Packers game. Even though Detroit lost, I still feel like they played a hard-fought game, which is nice to see. I feel like if this was Patricia's team, still Patricia's team, we would have got blown out like 42-6 to or something like that. Maybe even more. Who knows? But it's fun to watch Bevel. Bevel be a little more aggressive, and I believe he should get a fair shot at the head coach or at least remain the OC for next year. Seems like the players are fighting for him, which is making them play a little better but still a lot of holes on the defense. I hope to God we do not bring back Tavai. He's by far the worst on the defense, and I can't stand to watch him play or at least try to play. Actually, I take it back. Lions should keep him. I think he would be a, be a good person to sell hot dogs at Ford Field next year, but he might be even too slow for that. I really hope Stafford 
it's clear to play because I'm driving eight and a half hours to watch the Lions play the Titans. I try to make it to at least one game, one away game a year. I hate to do it, but should I bet against my Lions? They are getting eight and a half points, but I still don't feel like that's enough points to beat Henry and the rest of the team. Do you think the Lions would cover the spread, or do you think I should take the Titans? What do you guys think? Let me know. Love the show. Thanks. Peace out. Ooh, uh, man. Uh, I'm going to tell you now, I'm not getting giving any betting advice. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it, man. I mean, nope, not not I'm not I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to give no betting advice. Um, but as far as that game, I would say tune into the very next episode cuz we're going to break down their roster. We're going to have more idea of the injury report and who's playing. I mean, hell, Stafford could be out. You know, if Stafford's out, <laughs> shit, I'll say take Titans, you know, you know, take money line titans god damn it you know um <laughs> but we'll, we gotta see what happens man we Stafford might play Stafford might play shoot you, somebody might come off IR I don't know I don't know the situation all I know is that they have a really tough Titan team in front of them and we'll just gotta see who's available we, I'm a, we're gonna go into that next the very next episode it will be available on Thursday is it Thursday Thursday no wait no Friday it'll be available Friday it'll be available Friday um just tune into the episode you have a better idea of what you should do with that Titans game. And regarding the game, yeah, you know, these guys are they're they're fighting for Bevel. And that's that's what I like to see, man. They're fighting for Bevel, man. That's that's why and that's exactly why he is my leading candidate right now. Now it could change. I mean, I gotta look into these guys and see who's available. We gotta see. Um but we actually made it to the very last voicemail. <laughs> and I did it on my own, so I mean, shoot, can I get a round of applause? God damn it, I made it. I made it on my own. Um, this has been a, definitely has been an experience for me. I never did a solo pod before, but I, I, I can I can officially say I did it. So, um, with that being said, let's jump into the very last voicemail. And guys, thank you for calling in. I hope I didn't piss everybody off by saying, but you know, I know a lot of people are looking forward to Pierre and Tyler answering your questions. And part of this episode, like, God damn it, just fucking Malcolm. Like, God damn it, why are, where's Tyler? Where's Pierre? You know, I'm sorry I pissed y'all off. <laughs> Next episode, I promise you, I don't care about to drag these guys in here. They will be here and we'll be able to answer all your questions. You know, we'll, we, you know, just give us a call, you know, immediately after the game. The phone line, the, the voicemail lines are, are usually open until monday seven o'clock i usually put off the cuff line there and then we just take those voicemails we put on an episode we you know we rock them out we answer them we let y'all talk we let y'all vent anything i want to say this is your chance to say it um and that's that man so let's drop on to the very last voicemail uh voicemail what's going on guys um just want to get some thoughts on the previous two games since i haven't been able to share really much of anything but um i'm impressed i'm glad we made an amazing decision to get rid of Matt Patricia. Maybe actually I would say it was probably a poor decision in a sense because it took so long. But, I mean, they should have fired him the day he got hired. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I wish it happened that way. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely finally um, time for him to go. And um, Zero Bevel's just been rocking it out. And I think that even though they haven't produced two wins like I wish they would have, um, they played differently. They played with uh, an element that they haven't had since Jim Caldwell, and that's just energy. That's just uh, a team that wants to fight for their head coach, fight for each other, and fight to win. And um, I, I'm not necessarily necessarily um, thinking about just the playoffs. I mean, it, it was almost something to think about the, the P word, I guess you could say, during the game with the Packers, but I, I just kept it in my mind, and I wasn't super let down when they lost. Um, I wasn't surprised. But I was surprised, really, with how close it was. I thought it was really impressive. And, you know, I think that when you have a coach that can really raise up their players to do good, then the team's going to produce in a way that's beyond the papers, beyond what's just statistically there. And so um, I don't really like Corey Underling. I bet he's probably okay. But, I mean, obviously, Matt Patricia destroyed any sense of defense we had with Terrell Austin and, and prior to the Matt Patricia era in Detroit. 
which sucks, but um, on to new things. Uh, I'd be curious to see what they choose to do here. If Daryl Bevel does super good, I mean, he would be a interesting head coach, but I just feel like that is not going to be the, the answer to what Detroit needs. I think that still a guy like Robert Saleh Sol- or Salah, I don't know how to say his last name, I think he's the, the way to go. He is just a brilliant, brilliant defensive coordinator, and I just think that he's um, he's definitely in the spotlight right now, and for good reason, because he's, uh, I think he's the main guy. And it would be almost like a, a Cinderella story in a sense. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but to see him from Dearborn uh, go um, from San Francisco to Detroit, his hometown in his own uh, state, and to win a Super Bowl, I mean, that would just be a super cool story for the ages. But, hey, I'm not trying to speak super soon. If I can't say the P word, then I should never say the S word. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so go Lions, a couple good wins. I would love to um, keep or retain Daryl Bevel after the season, considering just how it's been. All right, guys, have a great day. Merry Christmas. Hey, man, Merry Christmas to you too, man, and happy holidays, man, to you and your family, man. Yeah, Robert, Robert Salah, man. You know, he, before Bevel actually came in as head coach, he was, Robert Salah was my leading candidate just because, uh, you know, he's from here. And I kind of seen what he did with that 49ers team when, you know, that's when they were banged up. And he still had those guys fighting hard and, and playing. So, yeah, he's a great coordinator. He's a great coordinator. He's a great defensive coordinator. Now, the the, the tricky part is just because you're a great defensive coordinator, a great coordinator doesn't always translate to you being a great head coach. The thing is, the, the reason why I'm so full in on um, Daryl Bevel right now is because Daryl Bevel is here. He's coaching. He's the head coach, and he's doing it. And what I mean that he's doing it, he, he has the players responding to him. That, like that's a check. That's something you need to, your, your your coach to do. Have your players respond to him. He's having. He, then the guys are having fun. You know, the, the guys love him right now. You know, and, and the way the offense is moving, you know, the guys on offense is having fun. You know, they're, they're slinging the ball around. Everybody's having fun. They're like everybody at, at home is saying, whoa, I haven't seen, I haven't had fun watching a Lions game in a while. That's the scary part if you hire another guy, because are they going to let Daryl Bevel control the offense the way he wants to control the offense? As far as even because every week the game plan changes, guys, every week the, the head coach puts up the game plan and whatever he wants to do that week is what the fuck they have to do. If the head coach say, look, we're going to run the ball 89 times this week. Guess what? Guess what? The, guess what? The coordinator has a plan in there. Running the ball 89 times like that goddamn week. So th- th- that's the thing is, is he going to just say, look, I'm control defense. And I want you to control offense and you're going to go to every single week and you're going to, as far as the, you're going to put up the offensive game plan and I'm just going to control the defense and I'm going to put up a defensive game plan and we're just going to roll like this. If that happens, that's, that's a happy marriage. You know, you got the best of both worlds at that point. But the thing is, is that going to happen? Because just like how Patricia held back this offense, shit, Robert Salah could hold back this offense. Nobody knows. Now, time will tell exactly how he wants to handle it. But as of right now, because I already know what his offense is going to do. And because I already know um, Daryl Bell was already at that point like, look, I don't really know defense, so I'm going to let the defensive coordinator handle defense, and I'm just going to roll his offense. I already know he's going to do that. So why, 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 should, why shouldn't he be the head coach? I think that's, that's the, biggest, the bigger question we should be asking right now. Why shouldn't he be the head coach? And on that note, on that question and on that note, that is a wrap to episode 155 of the pride podcast um i just want to thank everybody for tuning in if you actually sat down this whole hour and listened to this whole podcast and you rocked with me this whole podcast send me a message in my dm man let me know that you rocked out this whole podcast my, my solo pod the solo pod hosting it by myself and you rocked out with the questions and listen to the answers and you just stay to the end let me know man hit my, hit up my dm but again i want y'all i just want to thank you all for calling in and also tuning in um leave those five star reviews on apple podcasts and your boy is out man i am out peace football is back in full swing you might not be in a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going an extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
you can get in on their season opening bonus today and start wagering on wins, divisions, and championship features all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget, use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.